been discussing open banking, open finance for like uh, more than three years in, in the country. So uh, I think the banks and the banks started also this conversation because they knew that the process would happen here and they they are like looking at the bright side of it. Hello and welcome to VNext Remix by Veritran. This is the podcast about how digital technologies are overturning traditional financial services as we know them. In each episode, we speak to leaders at the front lines of digital transformation about the future of finance. I'm your host, Katie Janos-Small, the CEO and founder of Upana. And today I am delighted to welcome Bruno Denise to the show. Bruno is co-founder of Spiralem, which is a consultancy focused on innovation in finance. He is the head of Latin America at FData, that's the Financial Data and Technology Association. And he's also a professor at the University of Sao Paulo. Uh, in addition to that, he's a speaker, he's a columnist, he's an analyst. He's even been named the most influential person in Brazilian fintech. So Bruno, it's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to VNext Remix. Uh, my pleasure, Katie. Uh, it would be a pleasure to discuss a little bit for what's going on here in the, in the in the region. So there are lots of things going on. So very, uh, you know, looking forward to that. Well, tell us briefly about some of the things that you're involved with at the moment, about what you what you do um, at Spiralum and what you're what you're involved with. Fantastic. Well, um, I dedicate most of my time um, in my company, Spiralum. So we we have projects with uh, financial institutions, large large financial institutions basically trying to bridge the gap between what's going on with uh, with innovation, the innovation world and, and, and the traditional world, uh, which, it, you know, uh, today it's pretty much mixed together, but uh, there are still some things to um, to work on. Um, and also we work with, with some governmental bodies uh, in projects such as research projects um, for for countries such as such as UK, Canada, um, Peru, uh, Hong Kong. So we, we have some clients like this. Um, and I'm also in, pretty much involved with uh, FData because we are also in the process of the implementation of open banking, open finance in general here in, in, in Brazil. And uh, we have our members and we discuss a lot of, of, of the progress of what's going on uh, in the region. We produce some interesting research internally as well. And there are some, some others that are going to be published soon. Uh, to the general public, uh, and also teaching, so in writing, so <laughs> lots of things uh, in in the sense, but uh, pretty much more focused today on um, some that is with my own company and with uh, FData, which is the association. So you mentioned open banking there. It's such uh, it's been such a big topic in in Brazil, and from the Latin American perspective, it's been really amazing to see how quickly Brazil has advanced with open banking, and now everyone is talking about open finance. So Tell, tell me a little about maybe what surprised you about open banking in, in Brazil. Well, I think that there are some things to consider. Um, I pretty much believe that, you know, having an open finance, I would say, um, because, you know, open banking, we see all the process of implementation um, in, in, in Europe. We saw in the UK and, and, and now here in Brazil, we are already born with this concept of, of making it bigger and and you know as an open finance framework and would comprise also different that you know parts of, of of the financial system not only the banking system um so what's what, what surprised me is that i think we we made it we took some interesting steps in order to first 
for, to open up space for, for fintech. So many regulations that have been built since 2010 up until now, promoting innovation, promoting new challengers in the, in, in the, in the space. So that was very important. Followed by that, we saw we had um, um, like a GDPR version, a Brazilian GDPR version. So uh, data protection law, which I think is very important, important piece in the construction of it all. And after that, you know, we uh, after maturing the fintech ecosystem, we now have uh, an open finance framework, very ambitious one. And I think one of, you know, the, the construction of, of that prior to that, which is uh uh, general data protection um, and, and the competition rules. Um, we made it uh, in a way that um, we create a very interesting governance for for it. So um, there is a there is a council for that. We have like representatives from the you know all parts of the spectrum of financial services. We have like a board, uh, six different chairs there. We have. Uh, representatives from fintechs, from banks, from uh, from uh, trade unions, from from uh, credit unions, from so we we have a very diverse group and uh, and working groups also with the same diversity and everything is voted and then is decided uh, by this group, which is the same group that's funding all the all the creation of the infrastructure. Uh, and, the, and the central bank is in the middle of the process, making sure everything goes right. Uh, so I, I, I would say that the way that we, we made it is absolutely uh, fantastic. I think it's important to see, to have many, many different visions. Uh, and that's why I think uh, it's going to be a success because it started uh, in the, the best way possible. Right, so it started by setting the, that that legal foundation with the the data protection law, the competition laws, and then on top of that, there's been this collaborative industry effort to to make open banking work. Exactly, exactly. So, and uh, I think that what surprised me is how we managed to do all of that. It's just like there are so many steps. I think that for every country that try that will try to establish an open finance framework, they will need to. Um, to check to to do this checklist prior because it's just like it's just like an advanced uh, process. Uh, we need to make sure we already the, the the regulators are working on competition. They are um, the government is aware about data protection and everything comes together and then a very good governance uh, structure on top of it to make sure that all voices of the different uh, segments they are heard and uh, and, and 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 it's an collaborative effort. Uh, I see some countries trying to implement um, that don't do it this way. So I would take, for example, Mexico. Um, I think that that, that that we don't see this this much, uh, I would say even disclosure in the process because here we, we have a portal, for example, which is a very important piece to, as it's made to, open finance is made for the society. I think it's important for the society to understand that everything that's going on you know every step that's been taken, um, and 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 it's important to take the different angles from the banks, from the fintechs, everyone when they are making the standards, when they are making the you know the specific parts of uh, the whole framework. Um, so I, I think that's that's an ideal way to do it, and I think that we took here in Brazil the best practices from the UK, some parts of the best practices of Australia. 
and we are creating a very interesting thing that I think we'll be able to export that uh, soon enough. Interesting. So what do you see as the road ahead for open finance and open banking in Brazil? What are the next steps that you're expecting? What are the next developments ahead? Yeah, we have some delays in the process. Um, We are uh, a little behind the schedule. Um, But I think there are some parts, for example, we have four phases of implementation here. Uh, Phase one, it's absolutely done. Phase two is done, but there are some corrections on it. So like interoperability uh, issues, they are addressed right now by the whole team. I think all the market that everyone that's involved, every, every institution that is part of open finance in Brazil is making their best effort to try to solve it. And then we have the phase three, which is the part of um, instant payments. So there are companies currently doing all the tests and, and, and the process to make sure they are um, you know, fine to start operating models on, on payment initiation. And then we have another phase that it's the expansion of going you know, further in the financial sector. So uh, looking to products like foreign exchange like insurance and we also have open insurance here so that's the part where our open finance initiative connects with open insurance Um, and i think that there are so many things to focus on in terms of uh, interoperability Uh, there are so many different actors to be onboarded in the in the process some of them are mandatory some are not Uh, so i think that this there is this uh, uh you know growth process in terms of um, having making sure the infrastructure is all fine, working properly, and then on top of that, some other players are going to join because not all the players uh, have joined uh, right now. The regulated ones, uh, only the mandatory ones. Uh, there are some some players they're expecting to see the progress before they jump in. Uh, so we will see kind of this, and also as it's everything uh, you know established. We'll start seeing like uh, initiatives, uh, products, projects, services on top of it using this infrastructure. And then the, the consumer is going to be aware and use that on their daily uh, life. So that's that's the evolutionary steps that we see uh, ahead. You mentioned the consumers there. At the end of the day, how much are Brazilian consumers, Brazilian fintech users or Brazilian bank users, how much are they aware of? what open banking is, does it make an explicit difference to their day-to-day lives or are they more going to see the benefits when it comes through the different business models and different services that they're going to be offered? Yeah, I would say that, you know, a great part of the population is not aware of what it is, Um, but it's a process because different from other interesting projects that we have here, which is PIX, and that will, PIX is our, um, you know, instant payments infrastructure and, and the solution. Uh, uh, is different because it's a pretty, you know, uh, the concept of it is easy to explain everything else. When you talk about open finance, it's just like the infrastructure that on top of it, uh, you know, the companies, the banks, everyone is going to create solutions. So that's that's the main difference right now. Uh, I, I don't think it's just like electricity. Uh, you, you know, consumers don't know exactly sometimes how it works, but they... Once they use it, they, they okay, they can see the benefits of it. Um, I think it's, the same is going to happen here. And and by the way, when the uh, you know, open banking started in the UK, uh, a good part of the population wasn't aware of, of, of what it is, what it was. So uh, that's that's the same process here. But 
I believe that once it's established and once institutions start, you know, creation, creating things uh, on top of it, population are going to, okay, now I know I can get the benefits. And sometimes they will, they won't know, will, will not know specifically what it is, but they will start using that. And okay, there is this possibility. And I think that the, the naming is, isn't that essential for, for the user. So let's talk about some of those services that get enabled through open banking and through open finance um, and the business models that are related to them. What are some of the interesting projects or business models that you've seen emerge in, in Brazil as a result of open banking? Well, but right now, um, I don't see that many solutions uh, created on top of the, the regulated infrastructure because it's, it's like on the works right now. But we see different providers that are enabling um, solutions uh, under a, a framework that is not regulated. So create, so just like in uh, other parts of the world, even the US, which we have like um, a not regulated, like a, dark, a make market driven framework uh, is, is about the same thing. Um, so in Brazil, we have companies creating some solutions specifically um, and some good ones on onboarding and things like that. Um, but not currently under the regulated framework. So I think we're going to soon that, see that cool. soon enough. But um, I believe the, the first and the plain vanilla one are like the data aggregation solutions. How do you see this? Uh, what are the implications of all of this for, for the banks? Uh, obviously, it introduces a lot more competition into a system. Um, and the Brazilian banking system has been really heavily dominated by, by a few big banks. How do you expect to see them adapt to not so much the regulatory obligations, but the new business models that are going to emerge from this? What are, how, are they, how do you expect to see them responding on a competitive level? Well, I, I think the banks here in Brazil are pretty much you know, mature in terms of, you know, it's, it's been a while. We've been discussing open banking, open finance for like uh, more than three years in, in the country. So... Uh, I think the banks and the banks started also this conversation because they knew that the process would happen here and they they are like looking at the bright side of it. What what can we do? And, uh, uh, you know, in this in this case, because it's inevitable. Um, and I think the many banks are going to uh, construct good solutions out of it. I think that in Brazil, we have a, a better look on, on it from the part of from the side of the banks because they have the time to think about to participate in the process. We are currently under uh, under the creation of our framework here. So I think they are much more um, aware and working on possible solutions. But in other countries in Latin America, I don't see that enthusiasm from, from part of the banks. So I think that in Brazil, we have a different scenario on, on it uh, in uh, and, and, I, and I know in, in the process of competition, increasing competition and all of that have been happening for, uh, you know, almost 10 years right now, a little bit more than 10 years, in fact. So um, the banks are aware. And we, we created here in Brazil one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest neobanks in the world, which is New, New Bank. Uh, so they know how the competition is, that competition start to appear. And they are big, uh, and and they get to do something about that, and uh, they are very aware, I think. Mm. To shift focus a little and talk about the instant payment system, which has been such a huge success in Brazil, Pix. Where is how does 
picks fit into the open banking puzzle in Brazil? And what are the next um, what are the next steps ahead for picks, particularly? Fantastic. I think picks are uh, it's it's uh, very important in terms of infrastructure in general uh, because uh, we can do like P two P transactions uh, without being charging any any kind of fee. So uh, it's it's awesome. But it's also got like a roadmap of many other different solutions, uh, and 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 that's also cool. But specifically, when you look at open finance, it, and even this part of this of the construction that I told you, uh, Pix is part of this construction because it's not a regulation; it's an infrastructure, and it it was uh, live prior to uh, you know the start of uh, the 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 kickoff of open finance here in the country for the general public. So that, that's, that's cool because uh, with that, it, we were able to connect uh, PICS to open finance uh, and start doing very, very cool applications in terms of payment initiation. So using PICS infrastructure to move money around, um, so to initiate payments in a cost that very, in a very effective, you know, uh, cost uh, um, uh, based solution. So uh, we will have uh, a very important thing to do, to to it. Uh, on top also of infrastructure of Pix that got an excellent user experience. So we'll also give another layer of intelligence uh, to Pix to what we can be done with uh, with this payment infrastructure. So that's 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 really interesting, and also it's part of this construction as well. Wonderful. We'll move on to the the quick. Uh, the quick fire round. So this is quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Super. Bruno, what book are you reading right now? I'm reading Neuromancer by William Gibson, which is a sci-fi novel. So basically, uh, I tend to, to to read a lot of you know general you know technical books, but this time I'm I'm, I'm reading this. What's the best piece of professional advice that you've received? I think it's uh, be yourself. Mm, nice one. What is the app that you use most? I would say Gmail <laughs> because there is no way. That... Or WhatsApp, I think. I think WhatsApp. When will we stop using cash? We uh, as a whole, I think that we have many different stages of uh, technology advances. It's just like William Gibson, the author of this book, uh, Neuromancer, say that the, the future is here. It's not just evenly distributed. So I think that we have many different stages. I don't think that's going to be, uh, you know, nowhere up to 20 years, I think, we still have some kind of form of mm -hmm. cash. I think it's, it's normal. But most of it will going to be migrated digitally. It's already happened. And finally, who else do you recommend that we invite onto the show? Well, I have a good friend called Gustavo Paro. He's the head of uh, R3 in, in, in Brazil. Uh, so doing lots of good things on, on DLT technology. So I think he'll be a very good guest for, for the show. Sounds super interesting. I'll, let's see if we can make that happen. Thank you very much, Bruno, uh, for taking the time to speak with me today. This has been a really interesting conversation and I'm looking forward to seeing how things continue developing in open banking in Brazil. Definitely. It was a pleasure and economy to, to, you know, listen a little bit, bit more about what's going on here in the region. And thank you for tuning in for this new series of Phoenix Remix. 
be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and turn on notifications to be the first to hear the next episode. We'll be back soon with more V-Next Remix Insights. Thank you.